Hi, this is Stuart Weems and welcome to the Investopoly podcast. My goal is to give you very simple, easy to understand strategies, insights and tips to help you master the game of building wealth. And in this episode, I'd like to talk about having an investment philosophy. I was listening to Morgan Housel's new podcast, uh, which I highly recommend, by the way, uh, and the link is in the show notes, of course. Uh, and he said something that really resonated with me, something along the lines, and I'm paraphrasing here because I can't remember the exact words, but something along the lines of once you define your investment strategy, you won't be distracted by any noise that doesn't align to the strategy. And the comment really made a lot of sense to me. Uh, investing is more about avoiding mistakes than anything else. So therefore, if we have a really clear, well-defined, sort of evidence-based investment philosophy, it'll help us stop getting distracted by unhelpful noise and keep you on the straight and narrow. And when I say unhelpful noise, you know, really, you know, that, that could be, you know, the media... Uh, articles that, you know, try and appeal to your uh, uh, risk aversion, you know, that the world's going to blow up tomorrow and you, you know, you shouldn't invest today. Those sorts of things, well-meaning family and friends, you know, there's lots of noise out there uh, and not all of it is helpful, of course. And if we then end up sort of chopping and changing our investment decisions, that wastes time and destroys value, whereas sticking on the straight and narrow uh, you're more likely to be successful. So anyway, I thought it might be helpful if I share what my investment philosophy is. And doing so, maybe that'll inspire you to develop your own investment philosophy. Okay, I can summarize my investment philosophy really into uh, four principles. The first principle is short-term returns don't help you achieve long-term goals. You must align your investment decision time horizon with your goal time horizon. See, most people have the goal of enjoying a comfortable retirement. I mean, they might have other sort of lifestyle and financial goals, but, you know, that's a big one, of course. Uh, and retirement could last two, three, four decades, and you might be one or two, three, four decades away from retirement. So really, your investment time horizon should be counted in decades rather than months or years. And therefore, you've got to ask yourself then, what can you do today so that in 20, 30 years, you're going to be much, much better off? Now, of course, you've got to balance out living for today and investing for tomorrow. So it's not all about focusing in 20 years time. But when you're making big investment decisions, it really is. Short-term returns do not create long-term value. And let me use a sort of business as an analogy for, for making that point. So if you operated a business, maybe your long-term goal might be to create a very sustainable and profitable business. And I, I think you know, that would be a, a common goal for most businesses, of course. Now, if you're faced uh, with some decision-making today, you could, of course, uh, reduce the price of your product in the hope that you know, running a bit of a campaign or a discount might generate more sales this quarter. But unfortunately, that comes at at uh, the cost of creating long-term value because it really cheapens your brand and trains your customers not to pay full price and wait for the next sale and so on. So creating brand value might not improve this quarter's sales, but if you do it consistently, you'll certainly start building a good long-term sustainable business. And it's the same with investing. If I, if I try and aim for some quick profit over the next couple of months or even couple of years, 
often that comes at a cost of creating long-term value. So the challenge, therefore, with investing is about a bit of delayed gratification and a lot of patience. You know, successful investments often just take time. You know, the compounding nature of capital growth, compounding returns, they just take time. Uh, And uh, so I might make a a lot of good investment decisions over the next five years, uh, but not be that much better off uh, because of it. But in 20 years' time, I'll be uh, well and truly better off. And that's where the delayed gratification comes in. You know, you might not feel like you're moving forward, but if all you're doing is thinking 10, 20 years in advance in terms of making financial decisions, uh, long-term decisions, often good long-term decisions, often create long-term value and help you achieve your long-term goals. That's my first principle. Which brings me obviously to principle number two, which is you can't build wealth if you don't make a contribution. It's very difficult to create anything out of thin air, including wealth. You know, most things require some sort of contribution of either time, energy, money, or or something else. And building wealth is no different. Uh, To successfully accumulate wealth really requires uh, a regular contribution of cash uh, towards your investment strategy. Now, that could come in the form of, you know, um, paying for holding costs with, uh, for investment properties, uh, regular share market investing, additional super contributions, uh, debt reduction, maybe some or all of those sorts of things. But if you're not making a contribution, that is, or put differently, if you're spending all your income, it's going to be very difficult, perhaps impossible for you to build wealth. Therefore, that means that good cash flow management is critical as well, knowing where your money's going and making sure you are carving off that surplus each month to contribute towards your financial future. If you want to build wealth, you've got to make a contribution on a regular basis. Okay, so principle number three is you can't pick unicorns. The thing with popular and new trends is they often feel really compelling, compelling because by definition, a popular trend benefits from wide acceptance, which means a large audience really believes in this trend. People write about it, they talk about it, you know, all your friends are on board, and it's really easy to get swept up in the momentum of a trend. However, if a trend or investment lacks fundamentals, it's very likely, if not sort of guaranteed, that the long-term returns of that investment will reflect its lack of quality or its lack of fundamentals. You can't expect great returns from average quality assets. And really the reality is that fundamentals don't change. So for example, if we're thinking about investing in a particular stock or company or index, uh, we know that the value of a stock is really the present value of its future cash flows. You know, if it can't throw off any cash flow, profit, dividends and so forth, then the value, the, the, the company really isn't worth anything. And similarly, when it comes to residential property, you know, if you, if you invest in an area that benefits from excessively high demand and has finite and tight supply, you're going to um, enjoy price growth over the long run. These are fundamentals and they don't change. A couple of years ago in this podcast, I talked about a US truck company called Rivian. And at the time, the company had just listed on the NASDAQ and was worth 110 billion US dollars. Uh, and at the time, I described the valuation as insane um, because really the, the company had not 
doesn't have a product yet, hasn't hasn't actually manufactured one truck yet, although it's it's got some sales. Uh, uh, Amazon's agreed to buy a whole bunch of trucks off them, but they haven't actually produced one truck yet. And uh, and so I thought it was just ridiculous. And I thought I used it as a, a, a sign or indication how crazy the market was uh, at that time. Uh, and anyway, since, since then, Rivian's lost uh, 90% of its value and it's now worth 12 US billion dollars. I still think that's ridiculously high. But I guess what I'm saying is that sometimes there are unicorns. You know, sometimes a Rivian will actually turn into an Apple. Uh, and you'll look back and go, well, I was wrong. You know, it did actually work. Um, but that's not, that doesn't happen often. And in fact, some research, um, uh, some people put some research together and suggested that unicorns are 0.00006% chance of actually working. So really, it's not, a, it's kind of worse or more difficult to find a needle in a haystack. Therefore, by sticking to fundamentals, it is certainly boring. It's not as exciting as trying to pick the next unicorn. Uh, and it's true, by sticking to fundamentally sound investments, you will miss the odd good investment opportunity. Um, that, that's true, although they're impossible to pick, you will obviously miss some. But the thing is, uh, sticking to the fundamentals really gives you the highest probability of achieving your goals. And whilst it might feel like boring, a bit boring, and, and certainly investing, we don't do investing for the thrill of it. Uh, we do investing, we make investments to um, achieve our financial and lifestyle goals. Uh, and the, the way to do that with the highest probability of success is really to stick to fundamentals. So that principle, my third principle, you can't pick unicorns, uh, is one I keep reminding myself of and, and coming back to really the fundamentals. Okay, and my fourth and final uh, principle is invest tomorrow's income today. And it's really about borrowing to invest. Uh, a mortgage is a wonderful servant, but a terrible master. Uh, borrowing safely to invest in high quality assets is a very, very powerful strategy. Um, and the, the two words in that sentence are firstly, borrowing safely. Safely is key and high quality is key. Obviously, borrowing safely means that you've minimised the chances that because of your borrowings and interest rate increases, that you're going to have to make some decisions, some lifestyle decisions that you wouldn't otherwise want to make. And so if you get yourself into a position where that risk never presents itself, then you're borrowing safely. And remember, building wealth is a marathon, not a sprint. So it's really slow and steady wins the race. We don't have to go out there and go and borrow to our eyeballs and be stupid about it. But having zero borrowings doesn't really leverage that benefit either. And the second element is investing in quality assets. The thing is that borrowings magnify returns, which means that if you have negative returns and you borrow, you'll, even, you'll lose even more money and vice versa. So if we're going to take the risk of borrowing, then we absolutely must ensure that we're investing in great quality assets so that we're rewarded for the extra risk that we're taking through borrowing. So just to summarise then, uh, firstly, uh, principle number one is always make decade, decade plus decisions. Number two is invest a specific amount of cash flow with absolute discipline every month. Number three is only invest in high quality, fundamentally sound evidence-based assets and number four is use borrowing wisely now of course we're bombarded by heaps of stimulus through the media social media 
uh, well-meaning family and friends and so forth. And there's always a lot of noise vying for our attention. And much of it is negative because obviously we have a, uh, humans have a bias for negative information. But most of this stimulus is very unhelpful and really shouldn't inform decision making. And that's why I think it's really important that people have a well-defined investment strategy. It'll stop them from making emotional decisions about money and keep them on the straight and narrow. Okay, that's it for this week. Until next week, bye for now.